On today's episode, we are going to be discussing what an enrolled agent is, how do you become an enrolled agent, and what services do they offer. The reason I'm doing this is because, number one, I am an enrolled agent, and so many times people, when I tell them that that's what I do, they have no clue what that means, and I have to explain it. So I'm going to take this time for those of you who probably don't know the difference between an EA and a CPA, and we're going to give you just tons of fun, cool information. And if you are a business professional, you may decide that this is something that you want to do as well. So let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast. My name is Michelle Brown, and I'm an enrolled agent and church finance consultant, and I love all things Jesus, church finances, business, and books. In this podcast, we're going to discuss the ins and outs of church finances and minister taxes, along with how to serve the local church as either a staff member, volunteer, or through your own bookkeeping business, all while keeping Jesus at the center of everything you do. So grab your notebook and pen to take some notes because we're going to learn all kinds of stuff about church bookkeeping, payroll, compensation laws, tax compliance, and I'll probably throw in an occasional episode on faith and mindset work too. So if this sounds like fun to you, then come on, let's get ready to learn. Hello, my sweet friend. Welcome to another episode of the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast, where we discuss important topics related to today's church finance office, taxes, and business. In this episode, we'll be talking about enrolled agents, who they are, how to become one, and the services that we offer. So as you know, I believe that note takers are history makers, and there's always something new to learn. And if you're not familiar with the EA designation, then you are definitely going to learn a whole bunch today. So let's get going. But first, here is the always cool episode quote to kick things off. The quote is, collecting more taxes than is absolutely necessary is legalized robbery. This quote is from Mr. Calvin Coolidge, our 30th U.S. president. As we all know, tax laws can be complicated and not everyone has the expertise to understand them fully. That's where enrolled agents come in. Enrolled agents, or EAs for short, are tax professionals authorized by the IRS to represent taxpayers before the agency. So what exactly is an enrolled agent? An enrolled agent is a tax professional who has earned the privilege of representing taxpayers before the Internal Revenue Service. EAs are licensed at the federal level and are authorized to prepare and file tax returns, represent taxpayers in all administrative levels of the IRS to include audits, collections, and appeals, and provide tax planning and consultation services. Now you might be wondering, What services do EAs offer that are different from other tax professionals? And of course, that's a fantastic question because there are no dumb questions. So EAs offer a wide range of services. I'm gonna give you five different things that they do, okay? Number one, obviously tax prep services. EAs can prepare tax returns for individuals, businesses, estates, and trusts. And they can also, as you know, they can specialize in just one area. Like I only do clergy tax returns. I don't touch estate returns. I don't touch trust. I do small 990s for my churches, but I don't do them for big nonprofits. So even within the tax prep um, genre, you can niche down. Uh, The second service they can offer is tax planning. EAs can assist individuals and businesses in developing tax strategies to minimize their tax liability. Because as Mr. Coolidge just said, we don't want to give the IRS more than they're legitimately due. All right. Representation. This is the big one. 
EAs can represent taxpayers in all phases of the tax process, from responding to IRS audits to representing taxpayers in audits, collections, and appeals. If you're not an EA, the only other individuals who can represent taxpayers before the IRS are CPAs and attorneys. So the fourth area is consultations. EAs can provide expert tax advice on tax-related issues, including starting a business, buying or selling a business, or handling tax-related legal matters. Um, again, tax-related. We are not attorneys, so we cannot give out legal advice, but we can give out tax-related advice, okay? And then the fifth area is compliance. We can assist businesses with tax compliance matters such as filing required tax forms, paying estimated taxes, payroll taxes, and okay, so that's five different areas that you can do. Um, in my firm, I do, again, tax prep services, but only for clergy. I have done representation work, and I definitely do um, compliance work with all of the uh, payroll taxes and filing of back taxes. I do some estimated tax payments for my clients. All right, so in addition to these services, we are subject to strict ethical standards, and we are required to complete ongoing education to stay up to date on the changes to the tax code. Specifically, we have to adhere to Section 230 of the Internal Revenue Code. Now, Section 230 sets forth the rules and regulations associated with a credential. And now let's take a look at exactly what is involved with obtaining the enrolled agent designation. And I'm going to go through these steps. I've got six of them wrote down here that I want to go through. And this is for either if you're, again, you're an individual and you're considering going for your enrolled agent license. And again, I went for mine because the CPA was not going to be an advantage to me. I knew I didn't want to do audits. I knew I didn't want to do corporate returns. I knew that I solely wanted to focus on churches. And that's why instead of doing the CPA license, I did the EA license so that I could still help and represent my ministers who were being audited and needed proper tax filing. All right. So the first thing you've got to do when you want to obtain an EA is you've got to get a P10. A P10 is just a short abbreviation for a preparer tax identification number. A P10 must be obtained by all enrolled agents as well as all tax return preparers who are compensated for preparing or assisting in the preparation of all or substantially all of any U.S. federal tax return, uh, claim for refund, or other forms submitted. So a P-10 is issued to each individual, not just one office, and then you share it. Every individual has to have their own P-10. The individual applying for the P-10 has to be at least 18 years of age. And there are, in the tax world, you have a P-10, which is P-T-I-N, and then you have an E-FIN, which is E-F-I-N. These are two different things. The P-10, like I said, is each individual gets it. That's kind of like your your branding, you know, when you brand a cow with a, a number on it, every cow has their own number to let them know that that's who this is. That's what a P10 does. That's for the individual. And EFIN is an electronic filing identification number. And it's a number issued by the IRS to individuals or firms that have been approved as authorized IRS e-file providers. P10s cost you money. EFINs do not but you cannot electronically file a return without an EFIN. Okay, so those are two numbers, two abbreviations that you need to have, all right? 
One of the questions sometimes people get asked is, well, I work for such and such organization and I help prepare their tax return. Do I need to get a P-10 in order to do that? Because you just told me that tax preparers who are compensated for preparing, you know, either a portion or a substantially part of it have to be, and the answer to that is no. An employee who prepares his employer's federal tax returns is not required to sign as a paid preparer unless the employee prepares other federal tax returns for compensation. All right. So you're just, if you work for a business and you prepare their return and that's just part of your job description is to prepare that return, but you don't do anybody else's, then you don't need to worry about a P-10. Okay. All right. So the second thing you need to know is you actually have to apply to take a, what they call the special enrollment exam or C for short, S-E-E. -E. This big bad boy is, I've told you in a previous podcast where CPAs take four exams. One of them is on taxation. EAs take three exams. The first one, or there's three different parts. You can take them in any order, but generally the first exam you do on individual taxation. The second exam is on business taxation. And the third exam is on section 230 and uh, taxpayer representation. So you have to go to a proctor center and to take the exam, it's not something that you go, you do online. You actually have to go and be proctored. You go in, you put all your stuff in a locker, you go in this little room, they give you a pencil and a piece of paper in your little cubicle. You have a certain amount of time to get it done and you pay the current fee for each piece of the exam is $206 to take each exam. So you do thankfully, before you leave the center, you know if you passed. And I will tell you, it is, it is stressful because number one, you're thinking, oh my gosh, I only have four hours to complete this exam. And number two, you're thinking, I don't remember covering this or I don't remember do this or they do like they do. I'm sure they still do it in lots of exams at school. The question, you've got two answers that are obviously no way. And then you've got two that, mm, Either one of them sounds pretty good, so you're kind of like eeny, meeny, miny, mo. which one is it? <laughs> so it's just a, a wee bit stressful. But there are three parts that you have to take. They are not easy by any means, I will tell you. Um, I studied, the, the rule of thumb is to study two hours every night, seven nights a week for two months for each section of the exam. And that's basically what I did. I studied for two hours every single night until I got, I completed each book and there's different materials that you can get. There are book study programs that you can get to help you for, with the exam. And then you go in and you take it. Once you pass the C exams and you, trust me, you do a jig after you pass that third one, okay? Then you actually have to apply for enrollment and that is form 23 and it's the application for enrollment to practice before the Internal Revenue Service. So you, first of all, you get your P-10, then you have to take and pass all three parts of the C exams. You have to read Secular 230, and then you have to send another $140 <laughs> in with this application. And this is where they do all of the background checking. They get your social security number, your date of birth, your legal name, your address. You have to have your P-10 on here. 
Um, if you already have a business and your business has an EIN number, you have to do that. If you've got a CAF number, which is your centralized authorization file, CAF number, you got that. Trust me, once you get into this, you get all kinds of abbreviations and numbers, okay? And then they're going to get down to the nitty gritty and you actually, they ask you if you are current with your individual and business taxes, they are going to do an audit to check to make sure that you are current on all of your taxes and tax payments. They don't want you having a tax liability, okay? You are going to be fingerprinted for the first time in my life. Thankfully, it was the first time. I had to go to the local police station and be fingerprinted, and they submitted my fingerprints for a federal criminal background check. Yes, <laughs> they do a background check on you, all right? They ask you um, if you have ever been sanctioned by a federal or state licensing authority, has any application with you uh, filed with the court, a government department, a commission or agency, have you ever been convicted of a tax crime or any felony whatsoever, have you ever been permanently enjoined from preparing tax returns or representing others before the IRS, and then you have to send this in. So once you do that, it's about another, say, six week or so process. <laughs> and so you're still just waiting and wondering. We're gonna say that everything goes hunky-dory. You do your study in, you rock those tests, you have no problem with the tax compliance, you filed all your necessary tax returns, you don't have any tax liability, you don't have any criminal background, okay? So you get and you are issued your enrolled agent license. You would think that's the hard part's over, and it's it kind of is, but you're not done. It's not a one-and-done deal, okay? Once you earn the license, you have to keep the license. So once you pass the exam and you earn the license, you must then complete 72 hours of continuing education every three years. And it's not just any uh, continuing ed. It has to be... You have to do a minimum of 16 hours of federal tax law continuing education each year and you have to do a minimum of two hours of ethics and continuing education credits each year but over the course of three years it has to add up to the 17 or 72 hours you just have to have a minimum of 16 and two each year so if you miss one year and you only get one ethics or you don't get any ethics, but you try to make it up the next year, it doesn't count. You seriously can lose your license. There are lots of continuing education um, sources that are out there. Some of it, you can find a lot of free stuff, you can find a lot of decent stuff, and you can find a lot of excellent education, okay? As with anything, I tell you, you get what you pay for. Um, I do some of the free education, just because depending on my schedule, I just need to get the credit hours in. But when I really want to learn something, I pay for it. And I'm not afraid to pay good money for good education because I know it's going to help me. So there you have it. Enrolled agents are tax professionals authorized by the IRS to represent taxpayers before the agency. They offer a range of services, including tax preparation, planning, representation, consultation, and compliance. And just know that there are some EAs that do absolutely nothing but representation. They don't touch a tax preparation. They outsource that out. They don't do any planning. They only do representation. And representation can be a very lucrative business. 
Um, but unfortunately, representation has got a bad rap because of these late night 1-800 numbers that call and say, if you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in tax, we can get it down to 180 bucks. Okay? Please do not fall for those. There are different programs that are available to help you to pay your tax liability and in some cases you can get it lowered, but there are very strict steps and regulations and guidelines that must be followed and most people do not qualify. Most people end up having to go into an installment agreement, okay? What these companies are talking about late night are called OICs or offering compromise where your tax bill is $3 million and you can get it settled for 50 grand. Well, there's got to be extenuating circumstances and a whole lot of paperwork and verification to go on for that to even be a consideration, okay? Just like within the bookkeeping um, industry, you can specialize in certain niches, you can offer certain services and not others. The same thing for enrolled agents. It's just the big key for this is that we can help taxpayers if they have IRS problems. It also helps um, with State Department of Revenue sometimes when you tell them that you're an enrolled agent, that can kind of give you some clout as well because you get issue a power of attorney um, for IRS and tax matters and that helps. So if you need help with your taxes, consider working with an enrolled agent. Um, they have the expertise and knowledge to help you navigate the complex world of taxation and ensure that you're in compliance with all ta applicable tax laws. And that is one of the reasons, if you haven't noticed yet, that I am huge on compliance. I am huge, especially when it comes to minister taxes, to housing allowance, to making sure that everything is copacetic and that you never have a reason to be audited by the IRS. So that's gonna be all for today. And I'll put some bullet points in the show notes for you as a reminder of what we cover today. And that's going to wrap up another episode. So I do hope that the information provided was informative and helpful to you. And I pray that it gave you a good idea of just what it means to be an enrolled agent, what it takes to become one and to remain one. And be sure to tune in next time for more valuable insights for your church, finance, office, or bookkeeping business. And until next time, my dear friend, let's all strive to make an impact and not just an income. Take care and remember to always look your best, do your best, and be your best. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you learned something new or inspired in any way, please do me a huge Omongo favor and leave me a fantastic five-star review on Apple Podcast. It really does help more people to find the show and it just blesses me more than you know. And then if you could share this episode with someone who you think it would help, that would be awesome as well. So until next time, be blessed, my friend.